This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Romans chapter 5, Paul is writing by the Holy Ghost, and he's speaking of God's doctrine of two men, the first man, Adam, and the second man, Jesus. And everything in, about mankind was wrapped up in those two men. Adam's action of sin and disobedience against God caused all of mankind to be subject to sin and death. And then Jesus' action of becoming death in our place brought about redemption for all of mankind. And it's received by those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And this is what Paul is talking about. So he says in verse 17, he says, For if by one man's, and that's Adam's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So there's a couple of things we can see right off the bat, and, and forgive me if I keep repeating myself, but uh, honestly, I don't think these things sink in the first or second or third or even the 50th time we hear them. Because they are so far into our, our normal, natural human way of thinking. First thing I want you to see is God planned for man to reign in life. He said, shall reign in life. Now, whatever the, the criteria is, whatever the, the, the requirements are, Whatever stipulations he puts on that, please notice God's intent is for man to reign in life. Now, notice that does not say reign in the sweet by and by. Let me ask you a question. If God's word is really true that he wants us to reign in life and he intends for us to reign in life and he's provided for us to reign in life, why would we allow ourselves to get distracted by any other thing? What could possibly be more important than that? But see, here's what we've done. We've conditioned ourselves to take the word of God with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's true, but you can't expect to live up to everything. I want to take the word of God at face value. I want the word of God to be true. And if I get to heaven and Jesus says, you didn't take that literally, did you? (laughs) Then it's going to be his fault, not mine. I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm expecting God to pat the people on the back that, that, that took it literally. Said, way to go. Even if you didn't make it all the way, at least you were trying. Good job. Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Shall reign in life by Jesus Christ shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. My personal opinion, you judge this for yourself. It seems to me that most people miss the meaning of that verse because they focus on the Jesus Christ part instead of the reigning in life part. And some people would say, well, Pastor Mike, that's sacrilegious. You're blaspheming. You're taking away from Jesus. No, I'm not taking away from Jesus. At least that's not my intent. My intent is to point out that the purpose of the verse that the Holy Ghost inspired Paul to write was to tell you that God wanted you to reign. Certainly it's through Jesus. But don't focus on the Jesus part. Focus on the reigning part. Because that's what God wants you to experience. Now turn back with me to Genesis chapter 1. Now you may be thinking, if you've been with us for this whole series, you may be thinking you're going back there. Yeah, I can't seem to get away from there. And God seems to be talking to me more about there than any other thing. Beginning in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
Now notice the word God it's in the Hebrew is the name Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, I think it's instructive for us to see this. And the earth was, literally the word was means became, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Isaiah 45, I think, 17, says that God did not create the earth without form and void. He created it. King James says he created it not in vain. That phrase in vain is the same phrase without form and void. Same exact one. Same exact one. So Isaiah says that's not the way God created it. Genesis 1-2 says it was that way. How did it get that way? If God did not create it, either these are contradictory verses or there's got to be a way for them to fit together. It's the only option there is. Well, okay, let's assume first of all, that they're not contradicting one another. So if God didn't create the earth without form and void, how did it get to be without form and void? Well, verse 2 says it became without form and void. The best evidence we've got is that Satan, and the who was the leader of the angels, who ruled the, the world that was before, is the one that destroyed it. The Bible says, again, I think this is Isaiah, the Bible says that there'll come a time where mankind will look upon Satan and say, is this the guy that caused so much trouble? This puny weakling, nothing of a being is what caused caused so much trouble that destroyed the worlds, destroyed the nations. It indicates that the devil is destroying nations. Now, now, folks, I would submit to you that he is certainly destroying nations in one sense from within, but he's not making the earth without form and void today. So it must be talking about some time in the past. It must be talking about some previous time. So the earth became without form and void. The point I want you to see, and the only point I want you to see about this, and I don't care if you believe me about the world it was before, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Jesus doesn't die for them. They, he died for us. I'm just telling you how this fits. If you want to believe that, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay. I don't care. Be wrong. Let God show you when you get to heaven. I don't care. Suit yourself. My point is, there was something called the earth that God started with. Now, the heavens were already in place. Heavens can't be atmosphere because that's part of what he recreates. So the heavens and the earth, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens had to be the kingdom of heaven where God dwells. Agreed? It doesn't say the heavens became without form and void. It says the earth became without form and void. So heaven has to be the place where God dwells. So God, who lives in heaven, started with this lump of clay called the earth that was once in one form, but now it's in a, uh, uh, it's in a different form. It's without form and void. In other words, it's been basically destroyed. And I want you to read the, along with me. I'm going to skip down, not read the whole thing, but I'm going to skip down a couple of verses. Verse 3, And Elohim said, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6, And Elohim said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters, and you know that's how it went. Verse 9, and Elohim said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 11, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. 
Verse 14, and Elohim said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Verse 20, and Elohim said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly upon the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. You know, that's how it turned out too. Verse 24, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Verse 26, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, folks, let me ask you a question. What opportunity does the earth, the lump of clay, if you will, and and I, I got a... Um, I grew up in a church. I don't even know what song it was, but I remember singing all the time, He is the potter, I am the clay. And the idea behind that song was, God can make you anything He wants to make you. You don't have any choice in the matter. And folks, that's totally contrary to what the Bible says. Now, I'll accept He's the potter and the earth is the clay. But in that picture, you're the potter's son. You're not the clay. Because Elohim said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. Now, likeness is a very interesting word here. Because we think in natural terms. We think God made us to look like him. And you can prove that to a certain degree. When God... um, was talking to Moses, and Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. He said, well, you can't see my face and live. Well, God must have a face then. He said, no man can see my face and live, but I'll tell you what I'll do. There's a crack in the rock over here, the cleft of the rock. I'll put you there and put my hand over you, so God must have a hand. I'll put my hand over you and pass by and let you see my back parts. Well, okay, that must mean he has back parts. Now, if he has back parts, he must have front parts. Otherwise, parts are parts. Remember the old chicken commercial they ran for a while, parts is parts? Well, that's not the way it is with God. Parts is not just parts. If he's got back parts, then that must mean there must be a front part to him. It sounds a lot like what man looks like, doesn't it? He's got a face, got a hand. We know the Bible talks about the eyes of God search to and fro throughout the earth, seeking someone that'll, that he can be strong on their behalf. We know that the Bible talks about those things. It talks about out of his mouth flows words and, and that, that change things here on the earth. So we've got scriptures all through the Bible that tell us that man's characteristics, man's natural characteristics are similar to God's characteristics or the way that God is. And the Bible says God is a spirit. God's not a cloud that floats around. God is a spirit. Jesus said so in John 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. So he has a form. That's not a physical form. He's a spirit being. You remember when Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared and everybody was afraid. He said, don't be afraid. They thought it was a ghost. They said, it's a ghost or a spirit. And he said, don't be afraid. He said, a spirit hath not flesh and bone as I do. Not flesh and blood. He emptied his blood out as a sacrifice for us. But he said, I've got flesh and bone. So he has a physical form uh, or he has a form. It's not physical in the same sense that we are, but it's something different than the spirit form that God has. 
He has what we might assume is a redeemed body. The same thing that may, we may receive, or maybe it works this way. I assume that it works this way. We'll receive the same kind of body when Jesus comes back for the church that Jesus has now. And if it's not that way, somebody's going to have to tell me how it works. Because that's best I can figure out from the Bible. But he has a body. He has a form. It can't be a physical body because physical bodies don't live in heaven. So it's got to be a redeemed body. So God is a spirit. He has attributes. He has characteristics. There are things that we can describe of him that seem like man's characteristics or man's form. And so for that reason, I think we think of after his image and after his likeness as being a physical likeness or appearance. And that's not what it means. It's not talking about let him look like us. Elohim is not saying, let us make man and let him look like us. That's not what he's saying. Not what he's saying at all. After his likeness, the word likeness literally means sameness. Sameness. Let us make man after our image in the same form as us. Again, that's not physical form. That means spiritual form. Make him a spirit being the same as us. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Here's why the Word of God is the power of God, because it reveals God's will. When you can find God's words on a subject, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's peace, whatever area you have need of, you find what God's word says, you've just found God's will in that area. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Let me remind you of what Psalm 8 says. Psalm 8 is David speaking. By the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he begins talking about the things of God. And then God shows him something that happened at the creation. And he says, he asks a a, a great question. Verse 3, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Folks, that's a great question. That's a question that you ought to consider. What is man that God is mindful of him? And the son of man that you visitest him, that you come down to, talk with, lead, guide, and help. Why is man so important that you would extend yourself to him? Now, the psalmist is asking a question That seems to us at first appearance, it seems to us, is somebody sitting under a tree saying, wow, the universe is so big and man is so small. God, how could you be interested in us? It's kind of the way it looks, isn't it? That's not what's being said. Let's keep reading. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You know how we read uh, over in Psalm 1, or in, uh, in Genesis 1, every time where it said, and Elohim said, and Elohim said, and Elohim said. Here in Psalm 8, where it says, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, that word angels is the name Elohim. Thou hast made him a little lower than the Elohim. The same Elohim that said, Let there be light. 
Thou hast made him a little lower than that. The same Elohim that said, let there be water above the firmament and below the firmament. Let there be lights in the heavens and all this stuff. That's the same Elohim. Thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. To what end? For what purpose? And has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him, man, to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6 tells us this is not David talking. This was an angel talking that God revealed to David to share with us. In other words, David is telling us what the angels said, not what David is saying. This is not David sitting under a tree saying, wow, the universe is so big and man so small. Why are you interested in us? That's not, that's not what's happening. What's happening is at creation, Genesis 1.26, where God said, Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. The angels are saying, what is man? You're going to make man? What's man? We haven't had man before. That means, let me take a little side thought here. That means whatever existed between Genesis 1.1 and Genesis 1.2, when the earth became without form and void, wasn't man. Whatever was here, we know the angels were here. Lucifer had a, had a throne. He wanted to exalt, exalt his throne above the heavens. He ruled here on the earth. He ruled over something and someone. We know a third of the angels went with him in his rebellion. And the Bible says that he held those captives captive. That means there were beings that were under his control. Now, whatever they were, they weren't man. Now, I don't know what they were. I have no idea. No clue. But they weren't man. I don't know what they were, but I know what they weren't. They weren't man. Because the angels are saying at Genesis 1.26, after the world that was before, that was destroyed, the angels said, what is man that you are mindful of him? You have made him a little lower than yourself, God, and crowned him with glory and honor and gave him dominion over all the works of your hands. Folks, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to read anything into this, but you can detent, detect just the slightest hint of maybe jealousy there. Because God is up on this level, he made the angels down on this level, and then he made man right up here. Literally, God, Elohim, made man as close to himself as is possible. Now, we have a habit of saying as is humanly possible. And that brings into, into play all the human defects and, and, and possible frailties and, and shortcomings and so forth. This is not human possibility involved here. This is God making man as much like himself as is possible. I can't get away from that. I try to get away from that. I try to study other stuff, and I keep coming back to that. God made man as much as is possible like himself. Now, folks, God can do anything. He's God. He can do anything. So how close does that make man to God? See, I'm using the example like this so you can see what I'm talking about. But literally, it's this. He made man as much to him, much like himself as is possible in the sameness of himself. And what's the first thing he did after exercising dominion to create the world? He said, man, you have dominion over the world. 
And what did Jesus say in Luke 10, 19? Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. You know what tread means? Step upon. Walk on them. And over all the power of the devil, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we see that the earth and everything that is created cannot resist the word of God. It cannot resist God's voice, or uh, let me let me say it this way. It cannot resist God's word when a voice speaks it. Now, now the reason I'm saying it that way is because the earth cannot just not resist God's voice. It cannot resist God's word spoken by man. Mark chapter 11, Jesus cursed the fig tree. What possible resistance did the fig tree have to offer to the voice that Jesus spoke? Now, God's plan for Adam was to fulfill his, fulfill his, God's plan in the earth. That's what the talks in the cool of the day were all about. He would find out God's will. He would find out what God intended. He got to know God. He fellowshiped with God. He fellowshiped with God and found out about him through what God told him. In other words, the word of God is what brought Adam in close and closer and closer and closer fellowship with him. Same thing for you and me. It's the word of God that brings us into close fellowship. It's the blood of Jesus that brings us into relationship. But it's the, blood, it's the word of God that brings us into close fellowship because we find out more about him. How many of you know more about your husbands or your wives now than you did when you got married? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> kind of works that way, doesn't it? You think, oh, I know this person. And then you get married to them. You think, who is this person? <laughs> but you find out through fellowship. You find out. Now you know them more than you did before. It's the same way. It Through the word of God. Now, we can't walk with God and talk with him like we do our husbands or our wives. But we walk with God through his word. It's his word that tells us who he is. Now, Jesus knew who he was through the word. Turn with me over to, uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 8. I think it's the last part of chapter 7, the first part of chapter 8. Notice it says Jesus, um, well, let's back up to verse 24 because this is, this is really good. Therefore, Matthew 7, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Notice the same storm, same circumstance for both, both parties. Only difference is one chooses to be a doer of the word, the other chooses to not be a doer of the word. They both hear the same word. He that hears and do, does the word stands. He that hears and does not do what the word says, he falls. Under the same circumstances, the same environment, the same situation. Right? Now notice what it says following this. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. For, here's why, for he taught them, I'm reading from the King James, as one having authority and not the scribes. Now, the way the King James translates this, it looks to us like he taught them as one himself who had authority. 
But notice the one word, the word one, O-N-E, is in italics, which means the translators added it. It literally said, for he taught them as having authority. He taught them as having authority. Now, folks, just the, you could go back to, to many other scriptures in the previous two or three chapters. But just the ones that we read, who is he indicating has authority? The individual. He's indicating the individual has authority and that authority is exercised by his choice to be a doer of the word. The word as means the manner to do something. The word having means to hold. Literally, this verse could be translated, for he taught them the manner to hold authority. They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them the manner to hold authority. Now, if Jesus is teaching that he's the son of God, if he's teaching that he's the one who has authority on the earth, why are they going to be astonished at his doctrine? They'd be astonished at him, wouldn't they? They would have said, who is this guy? That's what Peter and the apostles said when Jesus calmed the sea, rebuked the wind, and it stopped. They said, what manner of man is this? Yet they've heard him teach about authority. They saw Jesus curse the fig tree and said, look, Jesus, the fig tree which you cursed is dried up in the roots. What does Jesus do? He turns around and tells them how they can do the same thing. He tells them the operation of faith, have faith in God, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain. In other words, he's saying, just like the tree couldn't resist me, the mountain can't resist you. Why? Because you've been made in the sameness of God. How, therefore, can sickness or lack or anything else that you're facing in your life, in your situation, resist when you speak the word of God over it. How is it possible? You don't have to try to make it happen. You don't have to try to convince the devil that you really believe it's going to happen. It is the voice of God's word spoken that changes things. And that's what Jesus explained when he cursed the fig tree. Luke 17 says it this way, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the roots, and it should obey you. Should meaning will, and it will obey you. I didn't know trees could hear you, but they can. I didn't know mountains could hear. They can. Because God made them by his voice, by his word. Therefore, everything in creation... Whether it was, whether it was the original creation or Satan's perversion of that creation, meaning everything, the works of God or the works of the devil is subject to the voice of God's word. Nothing can resist you when you speak God's word, understanding your authority. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, literally little lower than Elohim. God made you as much like him as is possible. And he expected you to exercise dominion. The Bible says that when God created man, he said, let us make man in our own image. That means he made man a spirit being and then placed his spirit, the spirit of life, within us. 
We are born in the image of God and made to operate as God operates in the earth, to believe in our heart and to say with our mouth. When we speak God's word, things change in our lives. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. You're looking at the problems in your body or the problems in your finances. What do you see? So many people are waiting for God to do something on their behalf. And they've got the life of God in them all the time. How much more abundant does the life of God that caused you to be born again have to be for your situation to change? Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.